0: Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, today is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, It happened back in 1917, and let me ask you, are you much of a student of history? Is history something that you love, or is it just a bunch of boring dates, names of people and places for you? Or do those stories, do they come alive as you read about the different struggles throughout the centuries of human history, the victories, the defeats, all the different tragedies, maybe some of those beautiful moments of selfless triumph. You know, there's the the moments of sorrow, those great moments of overcoming all odds that we can read about. Um, Today is one of those monumental anniversaries. It's that key moment in the history of the Church uh, that we're recognizing that has a feast day in our liturgical calendar. Uh, But it also has significance in the overarching world history as well. Back in uh, March 13th, today, back in 1917, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she appeared to three children in Portugal. And then she continued to appear on the 13th day of each of the following months leading up to October. And in October, October 13th, 1917, there was a miracle that happened, witnessed by tens of thousands of people, and we're going to talk about that a little later, but these apparitions of Mary, they've, been, they've come to be known under her title, Our Lady of Fatima. But before we get into the miracle that happened there in October, before we talk about what Our Lady said to the three children there, let's set the stage of what's happening in the world in 1917. 1917. Uh, probably the biggest thing that's happening there in the world, the Great War, later for us, known as World War I. That was continuing to be fought throughout Europe. Now, at the beginning of that year, January 1917, the famous cowboy of the American West, Buffalo Bill Cody, he ended up dying that month, and he actually was baptized and welcomed into the Catholic Church the day before his death. Then in March of 1917... The Tsar of Russia, Emperor Nicholas II, he abdicated the throne, and along with him, he wrote that his son abdicates the throne. And this set the stage, then, for Vladimir Lenin to take over the the control of Russia later that year, and leading to the Soviet Union's control over much of Asia and Eastern Europe. Now, that same month, in March, when uh, Emperor Nicholas II abdicated his throne in Russia, President Woodrow Wilson... He's inaugurated for a second term as the U.S. president. And only one month later, in April, President Wilson declares war on Germany and enters, the U.S. enters World War I. And a little more than a month after that, then we have where the U.S. passes the Selective Service Act, allowing for a draft that will raise troops for the war. That's also The time, this is the year where that famous, that iconic poster of Uncle Sam saying, I want you for the U.S. Army, that's when this is created. Then, moving forward, later in the spring, in May of 1917, Atlanta, Georgia, it has this massive fire that spreads throughout the city. 73 city blocks, over 300 acres, are destroyed over the span of about 10 hours of this fire raging through Atlanta. And then the next month, in June, That's the very first time that Pulitzer Prizes are awarded, four different winners. And the the Pulitzer Prize begins its annual awards starting that year, 1917. This is also the very first time in August of that year where Harry Houdini performs his Buried Alive Escape. And 1917 is also the year where Americans have access to one of the very first encyclopedias. The first edition of the World Book Encyclopedia is published it's also the same year that a very young Al Capone is attacked, and he receives wounds on his face, and that gives him the nickname Scarface. So this is all that's happening in the world. Of course, there's many other things, um, but World War I, all these other things that are going on, this is the backdrop of what's happening in our world when Our Lady appeared to three shepherd children there in rural Portugal. And today we want to look at her message of prayer and penance and sacrifice, and not only what it meant for those that were living there at that time in 1917, but what it means for us today over a hundred years later. And today we're going to look at that message with the help of one of the regular voices you hear, not only here on The Inner Life, but throughout the day with his daily prayer reflections and his regular guest on Morning Air, and uh, it's Father James Kabicki. He's the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. Uh, Father Jim, welcome back to The Inner Life today. Uh, Glad we have a chance to talk about Our Lady of Fatima.
2: Well, thank you, Josh. It's always good to be on The Inner Life, and it's good to be with you this day to talk about uh, our Blessed Mother and her appearance in Fatima, and, and basically what does that mean for us today. So uh, glad to be with you.
0: Yeah, and maybe before we get into the appearance of Our Lady there and her message, uh, we we might have some people who are listening out there saying, okay, uh, yes, it's the, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, but it's also the Solemnity of the Ascension, Jesus uh, rising up into heaven. And in certain places throughout the U.S., that is the case. Other dioceses, other archdioceses, will observe the Feast uh, of the Ascension coming up this Sunday at Mass, and so there might be a little confusion. <laughs> Can you help clear that up for us?
2: Sure. You know, each uh, bishop's conference has the power, let's say, to be able to declare which days will be uh, holy days of obligation. And traditionally, 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus, um, we know from, from the Gospels, he ascended to heaven. And so it was always celebrated as Ascension Thursday. But uh, some feasts, like the Feast of Corpus Christi, which we'll have in June, the bishops in different places of the world decided, you know, we want people to give this a little more attention by celebrating it on a Sunday. There may be people who uh, are working and unable to uh, go to Mass to fulfill the obligation. And so they transfer certain solemnities to Sunday. And that's the case in um, many of the dioceses in the United States. I know on the eastern seaboard in Boston, New York, Philadelphia, um, there, this is celebrated as a Holy Day of Obligation. Also, just south of me, here in South Dakota, all the dioceses of Nebraska celebrate this as a Holy Day of Obligation. Um, but other places will celebrate it on Sunday. So it can be a little confusing to people, and I'm sure many of our listeners are are wondering, wait a minute, it's Ascension Thursday. But um, May 13th was the day that our Lady appeared to those children, and so it's always celebrated as the anniversary of her first appearance and uh, her feast day. And while many of our listeners are in areas where today is being celebrated as the solemnity of the Ascension, I thought it would be a good idea to... Um, remember the anniversary of our Blessed Mother's appearance in Fatima.
0: Right, and uh, here on The Inner Life, we decided to try and split the difference, um, (laughs) because we know some (laughs) people are going to be talking about the Ascension today, some will be focused on it on Sunday. So actually, our program tomorrow, if you want to join us, we'll be talking about the Ascension of Jesus to Heaven uh, here on The Inner Life tomorrow. But uh, today, though, as we start off then looking at... Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, It might be good from the outset here to just uh, describe that this apparition, the things that we're discussing today, it's not officially part of the deposit of faith that is public for all uh, Christians that we we are required to believe. It's a message that's not contrary to the faith. It's been approved by the local bishop. It's been uh, uh, promulgated by uh, so many other people, including many popes. Um, But While it might be helpful for our spiritual growth and the practice of our faith, it's not necessary. If someone hears the message of Our Lady of Fatima and says that that might be great for other people, it's not for me, they can still be a Catholic in good standing with the Church.
2: That's right, Josh. And uh, it's and, and part of that, you know, is to distinguish between what we have in Scripture and then uh, the dip, what we call the deposit of the faith. And uh, you know, there are the the four primary doctrines dogmas about Mary, and that would be, you know, the fact that she was the mother of God. We can call her Mother of God because Jesus is human and divine, and also that she was perpetually a virgin. That um, she. Uh, her her whole life after giving birth to Jesus uh, she remained a virgin and then uh, in the Immaculate Conception that she was conceived without original sin and then the assumption that she was uh, taken body and soul into heaven um, this the Our Lady of Fatima the apparitions there are not on un- with those dogmas, they're not contrary. This is not contrary to those dogmas, as you said, but it's a part of what we call private revelation, which means um, you don't have to be a you don't have to believe in this in order to be a good Catholic. Whereas those four primary dogmas, um, those are essential to our faith.
0: Very good. Well, thanks for that clarification, Father. So, with that understanding. Uh, moving forward, maybe you can tell us a little bit of the story of the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. As I mentioned, it happened in rural Portugal, and three shepherd children um, who seems like they lived— uh, I, I read years ago, this would have been, let's see, it would have been four years ago because it was on the 100th anniversary of— of The Apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. Somebody handed me a book, and I was able to read through— it's just simply called Our Lady of Fatima. It's by William Thomas Walsh. And uh, I have my copy at home, but I I grabbed one. uh, Drew Mariani here in our office has one. And I just grabbed it to look at it briefly again. But um, uh, these three children, um, from what I read in that book, they really um, had such a remarkable faith for being so young.
2: Right, and, you know, that's what makes them saints. Two of them, uh, died within a couple years after the apparitions. Uh, Sister Lucia, who was uh, the older of the children, she was ten years old at the time of the apparitions. Uh, she lived on till the year 2000, and, and, uh, uh, three. And so, um, they, they are canonized, uh, Jacinta and Francisco are canonized because, of not so much because Our Lady appeared to them, but because they lived the message that Our Lady gave them. And so these, these three shepherd children, uh, Francisco was nine, Jacinta was seven, uh, they are the youngest canonized uh, saints in the Catholic Church who were not martyrs. Uh, there are some canonized uh, children who were martyrs, but these are the the youngest who were not martyrs. And uh, at such a young age, our Blessed Mother appeared to them. Before she appeared to them on May 13th, though, there was the angel of Portugal who appeared to the children, taught them to pray certain prayers, preparing them for our Blessed Mother's appearance. And then, as you mentioned before, Mary appeared to them from May through October once a month and gave them a message to pray the rosary every day and to make prayers, uh, to make sacrifices, and to do penance for the conversion of sinners. And um, she promised that if they did this, the, the war would end, the soldiers would come home, and, and that is indeed what, what happened. But she also said that if the world does not does not turn to God and does not pray the Rosary and make sacrifices for uh, to repair the damage of sin in our world and to pray for the conversion of sinners who are, you could say, the cause of wars in our world and conflict if the world does not do that there will be a worse war that follows and indeed that's what happened world war two and so the, the message of fatima continues to be a very important one where i call it our lady's peace plan where she said you know if you want to avoid conflicts and war it begins in each individual person's heart And praying the rosary, meditating on the mysteries of the life of Jesus will bring you peace and will draw you closer to Jesus, which then becomes the basis for uh, peace in the world. So it's really, I think, a very timely message that was important not only in, in 1917, but today in 2021.
0: You know, the other thing that, uh, as you're talking about praying that daily rosary, that um, interior heart attitude, you know, that peace that we have starting with ourselves that can be brought to the world, Um, one of the prayers that we now pray in the rosary um, each decade at the conclusion where we start with the Our Father, we pray ten Hail Marys, then we pray the Glory Be, right after that, there's kind of this distilled prayer that's been translated for us in english and it's oh my jesus but you know that that prayer uh... came from one that mary actually taught the children
2: that's right she she said take the rosary and after each of the five decades of the usual rosary pray that prayer after the glory be oh my jesus forgive us our sins save us from the fires of hell lead all souls to heaven especially those in most need of thy mercy and so it, it's really, it, I think it encapsulates the message of Fatima, saying, you know, please keep us on the right path, keep us on track. And for those people who have wandered away from God's law, God's plan for humanity, uh, don't let them um, come to the end of their life and be alienated from God forever, uh, but, but bring them back to you. So it's, it's very much about the conversion of sinners. And along with that prayer and, and the rosary, you know, our Blessed Mother said, don't miss opportunities to offer little sacrifices for the conversion of sinners. So, you know, if you're faced with uh, something unpleasant, you're anticipating something unpleasant in your day, or, um, you know, something is going wrong, or, you, or you're feeling a pain, you're in pain, you're confined to bed, you can use whatever suffering or frustration that is, is in your life at that time to become a very powerful prayer uh, to offer for the salvation of souls, for the conversion of sinners. So it, it's really a reminder that each of us can, as members of the body of Christ, can play a very important part in the, the salvation of souls and in um, bringing peace into the world.
0: Our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life is Father Jim Kabicki. He's the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in Western South Dakota. We're talking about Our Lady of Fatima, the message that Our Lady gave to the three shepherd children there in Portugal in Fatima. Um, and coming up, we're going to talk about a miracle that happened out there. If you haven't heard about this, I want you to stay with us because this was witnessed by uh, some estimates say thirty to 40,000 people, even up to maybe 100,000 people that witnessed something uh, that happened, something that was an unnatural, miraculous occurrence that was given witness to everyone there so that they might believe this message that was given from Mary to the children. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. Of course, we want to talk about how we incorporate this in our own lives, too. Do you pray that daily rosary as Father Jim is talking about? What's helped you to incorporate that daily rosary into your life? Or what's helped you as you've uh, prayed with your own family? Uh, do you have any useful tips for other parents out there who are listening who want to pray as a family with their children? Our studio line is open right now, 888 914 914 9149. Or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we'll continue the conversation right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forrester.
1: Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors one 914 9149 That's one 914 9149 This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio
0: Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Jim Kabiki He's the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation out in western South Dakota, and you hear his prayer reflections daily here on Relevant Radio. And we're talking about the message of Our Lady of Fatima today. And uh, Father, right before the break, I mentioned that there was this miracle that happened, and it was October uh, 13th in the year 1917. It was the 6th uh, month that Our Lady had appeared to the three children there, and can you give us a little bit of background of what happened and why this is so significant?
2: Sure. Um, before this, Our Blessed Mother had told the children that in October she was going to appear for the last time, and that she was going to um, perform a miracle so that the world might believe. Um, she also said on October 13th then that the miracle would have been much bigger had people put belief in the children and what they said and, and done, begun to do the things that she had been asking for. Yet the miracle on October 13th, 1917 was, as you mentioned before, seen by tens of thousands of people. Um, the, the way it worked was this. The many people began following the children to uh the apparition site because they were preparing to see our lady and the miracle that she had promised but it was raining it was pouring rain and it was muddy and so they got there and after a while the clouds parted our lady appeared and the sun began to spin in the sky shooting out ribbons of light. Now this solar phenomenon was seen in other parts of the world, not just there in Fatima, but um, hundreds of miles away. And But there at Fatima the people were in terror because they thought the sun was going to fall down, that it was the end of the world and the sun was crashing into the earth because of the way it danced and spun in the sky. After a while, the sun went back to its place, and the the clouds all parted, the sun was out, and the people who had been drenched by the rain and the ground, which was muddy, had become totally dry. Now, this this phenomenon, this miracle, um, was so impressive that the atheist newspapers of Portugal at the time, very secular, very atheist newspapers, could not help but report it. They had to report it because it really happened. And that's why I, I think it's so important. So many people do not know about this or they dismiss it and say, well, science just hasn't figured this out. Uh, but, you know, people have done studies. Scientists have looked at this and said, you know, there, there's no, this was not a solar eclipse. There was no possible explanation for tens of thousands of people to have seen the same thing, experienced the immediate drying of their clothes. Uh, and so it, it truly was a miracle that, that I wish more people would know about. And if people are saying, why don't miracles happen, you know, today in the 20th or 21st century, we just need to look at Fatima to see um, the, the size of a miracle that Our, Our Lady performed.
0: You know, it it makes me also think about—you mentioned that there was a very kind of atheistic influence there in Portugal in the media at that time, and uh, it it makes me think of the story that Jesus tells of Lazarus and the rich man, and where the rich man, while he lived this very comfortable life on earth— then he's in torment after he dies, and he sees Lazarus, who's, uh, as Jesus says, in the, uh, the bosom of Abraham. He's in comfort there. And even though he, there's this chasm that Jesus describes that, you know, that can't be crossed over between where Lazarus ends up after his life and where the rich man is, the rich man says, well, at least let me go back and tell my family, tell my brothers, you know, that, so they can avoid this and jesus says if you know they they have uh, abraham they have moses they have the prophets um let them listen to to them if they won't listen to them they won't listen to somebody rising from the dead and telling them which i think is so amazing because that's kind of what we see not only with the miracle at fatima but you know I, I, when i was coming into the church I started learning about the fact that there are incorruptible saints. And I said, wait, (laughs) what is this? Why have I never heard of this in my life? Uh, Same with some of the different Eucharistic miracles where, uh, you know, once a year or on certain days, there will be dried blood in a chalice that will become liquefied annually. Uh, These miracles are out there. And like you say, for somebody who says, why don't miracles happen anymore? Um, Looking at what happens, just... Kind of curious, why do you think these are not more well-known among people outside of the Catholic Church?
2: Well, we we live in a very, uh, you know, secular world. Uh, I couldn't help thinking there—I don't remember how the exact quote goes, but uh, at the end or of the movie— about Our Lady of Lourdes, another apparition of Our Blessed Mother. Um, the author of the novel on which that movie is based said that you know, for those who believe, no proof is necessary. For those who do not believe, uh, nothing will convince them. Uh, something to that effect. And I, I think we live in such a secular world uh, that our bias is is it's very much a "prove it to me" kind of attitude. And uh, because. Uh, People um, tend to only read secular news or be exposed to that. Um, they aren't hearing about these kinds of things that happen. And so um, it, it's really a call, I think, for uh, Catholic media like Relevant Radio and Catholic periodicals to to make sure that the message is getting out, and I know that you know that's one of the great ways of evangelizing is um, that uh, someone may not be picking up a Catholic periodical newspaper or magazine, but listening to the radio um, while they're driving and they happen to come across a station i've heard so many stories about that they will run across uh, stories about fatima and and other um, phenomenon that they would never encounter in the secular media. So it's really important, I think, for all of us to to be aware of these um, phenomenon and and things that have happened, and and then to support all those ways that uh, people are uh, publicizing it for others to know.
0: Our spiritual director is Father James Kubicky, uh, director of the Saint Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. And Father, as we're talking about the message of Our Lady of Fatima, one of the big things is praying that daily Rosary. If somebody's listening and they're saying, "Yeah, I'd like to," I have the best of intentions. Um, it just seems like life gets in the way. I, I'm I'm kind of busy, and I you know I might do it for a day or two, or maybe I'm good for a week, um, but then I kind of fall out of that. Uh, what do you think is the best approach to get going and sustain that daily rosary praying in our our everyday lives
2: mm-hmm. well i you know i uh, i'll tell you a little story about the children of fatima they uh, and this this appears in some of the movies that have been done about fatima but apparently you know the children even before our blessed mother appeared um wanted to pray and so they all had their rosary and the angel had told them to pray the rosary and to pray. And, and so they would pray, but they shortened the rosary. Instead of praying the whole Hail Mary, they would kind of yell out, Hail Mary! And and that they would count that as praying the Hail Mary. And, um, I, you know, we might look at that and say, well, they weren't praying it very well. Uh, they were shortening it, and they were just getting it out of the way. Um, but I can't help thinking that even that that little intention that they had to want to pray the rosary, even though they weren't praying it well or praying it the way it should be prayed, that this, as it were, was a crack in the door. It opened the door for our Blessed Mother to see their good intentions and to help them grow in prayer. So I, I always tell people, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing badly though we don't want to do something badly or poorly we want to do something like prayer as best we can But if we it, sometimes the perfect is the enemy of the good and we'll feel if i cannot do it perfectly or if i um, if i can't pray the whole rosary i won't pray it at all and and i think the the challenge is to to uh, get beyond that kind of thinking pope benedict the sixteenth in an interview he once had said that he uh, found praying the whole rosary um, was difficult for him to do, especially as he tried to contemplate the, the mysteries of the rosary. And so he would pray one, um, one decade of the rosary and really try to pray it well in a, in a way that... Um, uh, he was meditating on, on the mystery there. So uh, I think we need to be persistent. We need to be creative. Um, we need to not um, think we have to do something perfectly in order to do it at all. And I think with that beginning, our, our Blessed Mother will, um, will uh, take our good intentions and help us grow even more.
0: Mm. You know, it reminds me as you're talking about that, you know, that the perfect gets in the way of the good. And it reminds me of this uh, little story I read that Kurt Vonnegut, the author, told. And he, uh, I just pulled it up here. He said, when I was 15, I spent a month working on an archaeological dig. And I was talking to one of the archaeologists one day during our lunch break. And he asked what those kinds of getting to know you questions that you ask young people. He said, do you play sports? What's your favorite subject? Uh, I told him, no, I don't play any sports. I do theater. I'm in choir. I play the violin and the piano. I used to take art classes. And he responded saying, wow, that's amazing. And and Vonnegut says, I replied, no, I'm not good at any of them. And then that archaeologist said uh, something that Kurt Vonnegut said, I will never forget, which absolutely blew my mind because no one had ever said anything like it to me before. He said, I don't think being good at things is the point of doing them. I think you've got all these wonderful experiences with different skills, and that all teaches you things and makes you an interesting person no matter how well you do them. And then Kurt Vonnegut went on to say, that honestly changed my life because I went from being a failure, someone who hadn't been talented enough to excel at anything, to someone who did things because I enjoyed them. I'd been raised in such an achievement-oriented uh, environment, so inundated with the myth of talent that I thought it was only worth doing things if you could win at them. And I, I, the first time I read that, it just stuck with me so much of we don't have to be perfect at what we're doing. And you know whether it is playing the violin or the piano or you know, drawing or painting or in praying a rosary— um, and I think, you know, Father, if we talk with any parent that tries to pray with their children, they'll tell you there's no perfect rosary out there that you'll pray. It, it, it You know, there's good times and there's bad times, but you're never going to get it perfect with, uh, you know, kids there in the house.
2: That's right. That's right. That's a very good point. Uh, Josh, and, and I, I think it, it's one that we have to remember. So, you know, I began praying the rosary. I remember I thought it was boring. We were uh, a group of us students in high school were with a Jesuit priest. We were driving in the car. He pulled out his rosary, said, let's pray the rosary. But, you know, by the end of the camping trip, two weeks of praying the rosary in the car, it it, it planted a seed. And later I continued to do that. And, you know, obviously, praying the rosary in the car, one tends to be distracted, but uh, still, I I think, as I say it, it it led to our Blessed Mother becoming the mother of my vocation, and I think she, uh, because I I showed her that little bit of interest and desire to be pleasing to her, she, in turn, uh, was very uh, helpful to me in my life.
0: Yeah, well, and, you know, as you were talking about the children... And they'd just yell out, Hail Mary, and that counted for them being, you know, saying the entire Hail Mary prayer in their minds. Uh, Even for our family, when our children were younger, uh, when we wanted to pray a rosary, we knew that our kids, you know, those short attention spans, uh, you know, four, Mm -hmm. five, six years old, uh, trying to make it through an entire rosary might be a little impossible and so we would just pray one decade of the rosary together and then we would go ahead and and afterwards have you know a little quiz on uh, okay, what are the sorrowful mysteries, or what are the joyful mysteries? Just, you know, making it kind of more of a, a little classroom uh, opportunity for the kids to kind of compete and, oh, who remembers this one or who remembers that one? Um, and, and then obviously as, as the kids got older, we were able to grow into where we could pray the entire rosary, all five decades together. But yeah, starting in, in those small ways, it does help. Uh, our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, talking about Our Lady of Fatima, especially praying that daily rosary. And how have you been able to incorporate that into your life? What has helped you? so that it's not a, oh, I do it sometimes, not other times. Or maybe you want to do that, and you're looking for a little help on uh, getting started. If you've been doing that as a family, what has helped you as a family to pray together? Do you have any useful tips for other parents who want to pray as a family with their children? You can call into our studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or email innerlifeatrelevantradio.com, and the con- conversation continues right after this on radio Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
1: Welcome back to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. one 888 914 9149 That's one 914 9149 This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, along with Father James Kubicki, our spiritual director today. And uh, we're taking your phone calls as we talk about the message of Our Lady of Fatima and especially how we can... Uh, grow in our prayer life, praying that daily rosary, and what has helped you in praying that in your own life, or maybe in your family's uh, daily prayer life? Uh, any useful tips on how other families might be able to incorporate that daily rosary into their routine? And uh, Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Joseph, who is listening out in San Diego. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to The Inner Life today.
3: How you doing, Father? How you doing, Josh? Uh yeah, Our Lady of Fatima is uh, very special to me. About 35 years ago, the statue was in Fatima, Lady, uh, Our Lady Fatima Fatima's statue in New York. And I prayed to, to have a beautiful wife. And I've been married over 30 years, uh, Josephine. And we had the pleasure of going to Fatima about two years ago. And we went to Fatima. It was beautiful. Every place has a statue of Our Lady. Even the hotel lobby has a statue of our Blessed Mother. I'm a little choked up. But, uh, every day I say the rosary because of the relevant radio app at the work, I give the rosaries out to people at work, uh, they little, uh, they wear medals on their lanyards, but our lady is very, very powerful. And she told me every time I say one decade of the rosary, one hair married, it's a, a rose for her crown in heaven. Mm. So I shared a rosary yeah. with a lot of people.
2: Yeah that 's a beautiful way of thinking of it uh joseph and i i 've heard that before you know we speak of the rosary as as uh, you could say a string of roses and and we offer those to our blessed mother when we pray that and and uh, what a wonder, a wonderful way of um, uh, praying the rosary, too, to imagine that with each decade of the rosary or each Hail Mary, too, that we're offering her a rose. I, I think that's a great suggestion to help us pray the rosary better. Thank you, Joseph. Yeah,
0: great call, Joseph. Uh, let's see. Let's go, Father, uh, to Adriana in California. Hi, Adriana. You're on the inner life today.
4: Hi, Josh, and Father. I watched the movie uh, Fatima, and I just fell in love with it, and that made me, I guess, more of, um, be a little bit more stricter, if you will, to praying the rosary daily, and I don't like, Mm -hmm. I like praying it on my own, but I prefer praying it with Father uh, Father Rock, excuse me, so that I can pray for other people's intentions as well. So I find myself, I'm in California, so it's 5 o'clock my time, and I feel guilty because Usually at that time, I'm cooking dinner, I'm helping the kids, but I still have the radio on or I put it on the TV so that I'm still praying um, because I don't like missing it. It's like if I don't pray it, it's it's like I forgot something. Like I'm just not comfortable all day long. It's just um, mm-hmm. the way it changes you is indescribable. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, Adriana, that's that's wonderful. You know, just uh, to, to watch that movie, it, it is a very – there's a, a – movie recently done on Fatima, I I think that's the one you're speaking of, and and to to take the inspiration of that movie and to say, you know, I want to be like those children. I want to pray the rosary more often, and and to make uh, the relevant radio rosary across America at 7 p.m. Central Time, um, 5 p.m. your time out there. Um, to make that part of it. And again, it's a reminder, even if it's being prayed in the background, you're praying with those people, though you may be putting together dinner for your family. Um, it's, it's still a, a great way, I think, to um, make that rosary part of your daily life. So thanks for listening to that.
0: Yeah, and Father, as Adriana's uh, talking there, as you're mentioning, uh, you know, it's great that she looks at the example of those children in that movie. She's looking at the example of the saints. Uh, I've, g- I've got to imagine that strikes home for you, because the founder of the Jesuits, uh, your order, uh, he had the same experience. He looked at the lives of the saints and said, I want to do that.
2: That's right. It was while he was convalescing from uh, surgery, after a uh, a wound in battle, that he was bored and began reading the lives of the saints, and so I highly recommend reading the lives of the saints, and and especially we have the, the Jacinta and Francisco who were children, and for us to there are books out there children's books talking about them and their life. Uh, what a wonderful way in a family to, to read those books together to learn about uh, saints like Jacinta and Francisco. So, um, great recommendation.
0: You know, another th- question for you here, too, as Adriana was talking about, first of all, I should say, she, she was talking about listening to the Family Rosary across America, so I should give this shameless plug right here to listen to that here on Relevant Radio <laughs> with Father Rocky uh, every evening at 7 p.m. Central And you can pray, you can call in with your own uh, prayer intentions, but thousands of people who pray together across the country, around the world, actually, um, uh, because we have a lot of international listeners that pray together with us. But uh, please uh, listen in and pray the rosary with Father Rocky uh, on the family rosary across America, and that might be a great way if you don't pray a daily rosary. Start right there with that that kind of virtual group, that virtual community, and you can begin praying the rosary. But as Adriana was talking about, you know, most of the time she's having to cook dinner. That's, you know, that time where she's getting that ready for her family. What about families who have teens that are never on that regular consistent schedule? You know, it might be sports one night, might be some other activity another night, and you can't at the same time every night be able to sit down and pray together as a family. Any advice for um, that people in that kind of area of their life, that stage of their life right now
2: i'm I'm smiling and laughing josh because i 'm thinking well now i don 't have any teenage kids, so um i don't have any uh personal advice but um I think the, what I would say first of all is uh to um it's it's good to have the ideal of praying the Rosary as a family, and it may be that given a schedule um it, it's just not going to work every day but to find those days when it might be possible and and to uh to do that and it again we if we think we have to do this perfectly and it has to be at the same time or it has to be every day it it just may not work and in the process of of trying to pray the rosary it may lead to um oh people having an experience where they they um, get turned off by the rosary. So I, I think has some flexibility is important, and especially given busy schedules. And it it may be that if the family is, is on its way um, to uh, a meeting or to school or uh, to a sporting event or soccer practice or whatever it is, uh, to say, okay we don 't have much time we, and i don 't think we 're going to be able to pray the rosary when we get home but let 's pray a decade of the Rosary right now and think of you know one of the mysteries, which mystery uh, do we want to pray today uh, this today is Um, The luminous mysteries Thursday so let's pick one of the mysteries which one would you like to pick and then you know to pick uh, involve the group and uh, and then to say now who who do we want to offer this rosary for and you know that can be done in a matter of 10 minutes so I again I think uh, doing it as we can being flexible and creative is is probably a good approach
0: well, let's go back to the phones. Father, we've got Jennifer, who's listening in Winfield, Illinois. Hi, Jennifer. You're on the air here on The Inner Life.
4: Hi, thank you. I just wanted to mention the um, the Five First Saturday devotion as being an important part of the message of Our Lady of Fatima. And, uh, you know, I used to have a local parish who had an organized group, Five First Saturday devotion. It was so wonderful. And some of our traditions have gone by the wayside during COVID, but I'm mm-hmm. calling out to everyone to say, let's ask for this. Let's ask mm-hmm. for these group devotions. And in the course of this promise was made, I believe if I'm not wrong, anyone who completes the five first Saturday devotions is offered the promise of the grace of final perseverance. Um, mm-hmm. What a beautiful. This is just one of the tools we have. These are the most important tools we have now to stop Mm -hmm. the evil that's the the mystery of iniquity that's enveloping the world. This is the the tool that God chose and gave us. So let's Mm -hmm. use it. Let's ask for it. Let's ask our pastors for this. It is so, it is amazing to be able to do it as a group all together on Saturday morning.
2: Yeah, well, uh, Jennifer, thank you for that reminder. You know, years after the uh, first appearances of our Blessed Mother, she did appear to Lucia in the convent, and that was what she taught Lucia was what, you're call- what you said are the five First Fridays. And for our listeners who d- do not know what that means, it's basically it's similar to the First Fridays. Uh, did I say First Friday? First Saturdays. It's similar to the First Fridays where our our Blessed Lord asked people to go to... Confession and within eight days of the first Friday and Mass and uh, um, to in in that way to show our devotion to the to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Well, our Blessed Mother appeared then to Lucia and asked that for five uh, Fridays, the first Friday, uh, first Saturday, excuse me, first Saturday of each month, five months in a row, to go again to Mass and uh, confession and to pray the Rosary on that day and uh, in, in that way to honor our, uh, Mary under her title, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And I agree with you, uh, Jennifer, it would be great. You know, we can all do that individually, but it's so wonderful to form a community that does that. I know in, in the Milwaukee area, I, I need to give a shout-out to the uh, first Friday, first Saturday um, vigil group there. That meets on uh, starting Friday evening and then into Saturday morning, and they have an all night vigil. And they've been doing that in response to the request of Our Lady at Fatima to bring peace into the world through our prayers. And uh, uh, I used to be part of that, going and giving a uh, talk once in a while. But uh, for for people who start doing that as a community it really is important you know where two or three pray together there's there's just much more uh i think prayer power at work there so thanks for that reminder jennifer
0: yeah jennifer uh so glad to have you call in today and father let's try and get one more phone call in here rosanna uh, in encinitas california uh we're down to just our last couple of minutes but wanted to get you on the program welcome to the inner life today
4: Thank you. Thank you, Father, for having me on. I just wanted to say that the message of Fatima is the same today as it was then. And little Jacinta and Francesca, they died of influenza. And, uh, you know, people are dying from this COVID. And Our Lady promises peace. And she would help us in all of our trials and problems that we have. And there's always time to say the rosary. And even if you fall asleep, you're still holding Our Lady's hand while you're sleeping. And she would, Mm -hmm. your whole life will change if you say the rosary. It'll never be the same
2: oh thank you rosanna that that's a wonderful reminder as well that um again we can pray it as as we're trying to fall asleep, or in the middle of the night we wake up and and if we fall asleep again that 's a beautiful thought that we're holding our lady's hand um, but uh i I really appreciate your calling in with with that suggestion as well and to to witness to the the power of the rosary and you're right, you know um the two children, Francisco Jacinta, died in the great flu uh, pandemic of, of 1917, 1918, 1919. And uh, it, uh, today we have this new pandemic, and, uh, and that's why Pope Francis has said during the month of May he's asking all of us to join him in praying the rosary specifically for an end to the COVID pandemic. So um, it's, it's, the message is the same as it was 1917. As, uh, it's the same today as well. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and Rosanna, uh, I think that's just a, a perfect note to end on too. As you're encouraging people, you know, there's always time to pray the Rosary. You can find that time if 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 something in your life is a priority. You're going to find the time to do it, and uh, praying the rosary, it'll change your life. If If you have problems with anger, if you need to work on your patience, if you're dealing with an addiction, if you want to grow in the virtues, whatever it is, if you want to be a better husband or a better wife, if you want to be a better parent, praying the rosary every single day, while it might not be a monumental instantaneous change from today to tomorrow, Over the course of time, over those weeks and months and years, it'll make a difference in your life. Uh, So I I can't recommend it enough. Uh, Start praying the rosary, and it absolutely will change your life. And if enough of us do it, we're going to change the world. It's kind of that peace plan that you were talking about there of Our Lady, Father.
2: Yes it's uh and again it's so simple you know some people think well you know i, I it, it's too simple or i'm just uh, doing it mindlessly re- you know rote and reciting uh but again if we begin in small ways and like the children did um we open the door for grace to enter our hearts our souls and to enter our world um, so uh, I, I agree completely that uh, we should all get in the habit, and it will change our lives. I can attest to that as well.
0: Uh, well, Father Jim, thank you for taking the time to be here with us today on the Inner Life and talk about Our Lady's message at Fatima, um, just a little over a hundred years ago. Uh, as we're down to our last minute here, could I ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners?
2: Oh, I'm very happy to do that, Josh heavenly father on this day where some of us are celebrating the ascension of your son into heaven and how he blazed a trail for us to follow and as some of us celebrate the day that our lady appeared in fatima in nineteen seventeen we thank you for all the ways that you've blessed us and all the ways that you give us means to be closer to you we ask your blessing upon all of us our families our friends and may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, come upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks again, Father Jim Kabiki our spiritual director. You can hear his prayer reflections every single day here on Relevant Radio. And you can also access them if you missed one yesterday or the day before and you'd like to hear it, go and find them on the Relevant Radio app. And that's a great place where you can go back and listen to the podcast of this program if you missed anything from earlier today. I want to say thank you to Jim Shaper and Patrick Alog, for all their help behind the scenes. And thank you for joining us here. I hope you'll tune in tomorrow as we talk about living out the ascension in our lives, the ascension of Jesus. Father Gary Castor will be our spiritual director. Coming up right now, it's the Holy Sacrifice of Mass. Father Rocky is the celebrant. We'll talk with you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.